podcasting from inside of a marketing agency, this is the Marketing Department Podcast, where we have candid ideas and curated content for the everyday marketer. Hey, welcome to the Marketing Department Podcast again. We've got an exciting week ahead. We're getting super practical. This whole month, we've been talking about branding. In fact, we're doing a brand giveaway through our marketing agency here in North Texas. And we want to give you an opportunity to get a new brand or to get a rebrand if you need it. So we want to hear your story about why you need a new brand. And so you can email us at brand at greenfox.io to tell us your story and to find out more information. You can go to greenfox.io as well. And basically we want to help somebody and we want to document the process. This has been a really cool time for our company to be able to talk through this with other businesses. Last week, we got to talk to Bo Mills. So if you hadn't had a chance to listen to that, make sure go back, listen to his brand story. And the story of Bo Mills is incredible overall. He's he's a believer, he's an encourager, and he's one of the kindest men that I know. And so make sure you check out last week's podcast. This week is super special because, again, we're getting practical. We're going to talk to a couple of our team members. We're going to talk to Eric. He's not on here right now. That's because he's acting as creative director today. He is the CEO of our marketing company, but he's also acting as creative director right now as well, which is kind of in his wheelhouse And so you guys stick around and listen to Getting Practical Branding. Hey, Eric, thanks for coming to hang out today. And, you know, we do this podcast together, but today it looks a little bit different than the norm. It does. I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. This is your sweet spot, Creative Direction is what you've done for a long time, specifically in the church realm. We go to a church here in town, and you were a pastor there for a really long time. And one of the things that I love about you, Eric, you have instant trust with me because of your passion and desire for quality. You do not settle for mediocrity. And so I think right now, while we're in this season of you being the creative director, I have trust in you that you will provide a quality product. And so that's one of the things that I love about you. And today, we're actually going to dive in a little bit and again, get practical. So I want to talk about a few things today. We're going to talk about some of the brands that we've done. But really, one of my favorite things that we're actually starting off with is personas. You've heard us talk a little bit about that in the podcast the last few weeks. But personas to me, they're funny. I mean, I, yeah. I feel like every time we dream up what the target audience may be for a brand, we have a heyday in regards to personas. So talk about those for a little bit. Yeah. At the end of the day, personas are fun. The reason they're fun is because you get down to the details of who a person is. And so it's kind of fun, you know, no matter what circle you're in, no matter what group you hang around, more than likely different people react differently to different things. And so not only things that are happening in the world, but also the things that they purchase, their purchasing decisions, the way they go about finding information. So just small, small example, you know, I may use Instagram as my main medium. If I'm going to pop onto a social media platform, it's going to be Instagram. Someone who's exactly my same age, a good friend of mine, say like it's somebody who I hang out with all the time, they may jump on Facebook. So those are two different mediums, but there's probably other things that define the difference between me and that person. 
Yeah, so for context, you are a 34? 34, you got it. 34, you're older than me. Lots of gray. Okay. Lots of gray. All the gray. You've been gray for a long time. It's now. bad. It's, it's not good. It's better than what I'm going through. Littlebalding.com over here. I'll just, yep. Real quick, I don't know how Facebook knows that I'm going bald. It's not like I search for things. I think my wife, like our IP address or whatever happens mm-hmm. in the magical world of marketing, she must be looking for hair growth products ways to help my husband not go bald yeah Yeah. so i would rather be gray than bald any day of the week all right i'll take it (laughs) so eric is 34 year old male in north texas and so your persona is going to be different than say the retiree who doesn't live around here so talk more details about that yeah so you know it goes down to let's talk about wide personas so like for instance what you just said myself who's a working I'm i'm a father i've got kids you know there may be the retiree who's no kids in the house they're in a whole different life stage they're going after different things their focuses are different where they find information is different you know for an older generation it may be like just enough to have facebook for instance i only want to have that because if i get on these other things it's just going to confuse me you know whatever and so so they may their source of finding information may be facebook or me even talking about this right now it may not be social media at all it may be cnn is their place fox news is their place like those are the places that they find their information and so the way that we would target those people is to note one, where do these people find their information? What type of person is this client or the clients that we work with? What their clients, what mediums do they look for to find information? How old are they? What are their demographics? Where do they live? That makes a big difference too. What is their income? That also makes a big difference. You could have two people that are the exact same age, everything, have the same kids, all the stuff. But if they make different incomes, the way they make purchasing decisions is going to be vastly different. And so that is the other side of all this is not just finding personas of young family, you know, that kind of thing. It also may be young family, but how much money do they make? Because when you define how much money they make, you're going to define different ways to target those people. As an example, one of the clients we work with, they have a property that they're trying to sell in a, in a big neighborhood on the lake. It's this incredible place. Well, they want to target, they don't want to target people that make $50,000 a year because there's no way those people would be able to afford these houses. However, you could take the same type of person, but that makes a whole lot more. So for these people specifically, we're looking for homeowners who own houses that cost three quarters of a million dollars to target those people. Well, those people are going to make a lot more money than someone who makes $50,000. And so sure. the target is completely different. And so that's why it matters is to get down to who is this person so that it ultimately saves you money on your marketing in the end run, at the end, in the long yeah. run. Yeah. So talk a little bit about, for the sake of getting practical, Yeah. if we have a client, say they've been in business for a long time, yep. a lot of times they know who their clients are. Mm-hmm. They know who they can reach. I mean, you, you mentioned one earlier. They know who they're going after. How do you go about identifying and coming up with those personas whenever it's at the onset of working with that client? Yeah. So if you have the ability to work with someone who has been in business for a long time, let's say 20 years, they've had the same business for 20 years and they've got this client record of 20 years of people. That's actually the easiest way to find your clientele is you literally 
look through the history of what the people do, how much money they make, all, all the different things that you already work with, and you just go off of that list. So you're able to look at a list and say you're a financial company and you're able to look at this list and you say, okay, my clients make between a hundred and $150,000 a year on average. That's who comes in our door. Great. You know how much they make. You're going to be able to find their age because you have all that information, how old they are. Take the average. Great. You're going to find these people typically own houses. Great. They're homeowners. And all of those things make difference. You know, where do they find their news? Where do they find their information? What type of clothes do they wear when they come in? That's another way to look at is just to take just it's almost like putting a new lens in your glasses and just saying like, I'm going to look at people different when they come in our building, not not judgmental, but just like looking at them different and saying, okay, this person's walking in. What are they wearing? Because we have this idea that sometimes that like all rich people wear suits. Well, that's not true. Some of the wealthiest people I know wear Magellan fishing shirts, like not, not even the top of the line fishing shirts, just a Magellan fishing shirt. But that matters because it shows that like, you know, we, we call one of our personas enterprise Ethan, enterprising Ethan. Yeah. And he does, he's the suit guy. He's the well put together, always, you know, everything's to a T at all times. Well, that's different than this other guy who's super wealthy, who wears a fishing shirt. The way they're going to get information, the way you target them is completely different. Yeah, that's really good. And in some ways, I think about the difference between Dallas and Fort Worth. That, that's a money. great example. Yeah, yep. Dallas money is different than Fort Worth money, for sure. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, that's really good. So I love, love, love the idea of identifying who we're going after, because here's why it makes sense in my mind. When you know who your audience is, when you know your personas that you're going after, your money when you're marketing goes a lot further. Absolutely. So casting a wide net is important, of course. But whenever you're casting a wide net to a specific group of people that you know are going to be more qualified, I would say, to purchase your product or invest in your service, then your money's going to go further every time. Absolutely. And a good example of that, I'm going to use mailers just because sometimes digital marketing can get confusing. So just mailers. You send out a mail. You get a piece of mail. Everybody gets this. If you are... To not know, if you don't know who your personas are, you don't know who your target audience is, then your route is probably going to be, well, I'm just going to send to everyone in that neighborhood or everyone in that town. So, you know, we take the town we live in. There's, I don't know, 55, 60,000 people here. That's going to cost you a lot of money to send 60,000 mailers yeah. as opposed to if you knew that your target was people who are 45 and older. That's going to cut that in half, maybe somewhere around there. You know, we had to do the, do the math, but it would cut it in half. And so therefore you don't even, you don't need the people who are 44 and younger sure. because they're not your target audience. They're not even going to buy your product. So you're wasting all that money when you could have it targeted down to a nope, I need to reach a 45 year old or older. Yeah. So I think when, so maybe what you're saying is whenever you invest and you look and you research into the statistics, the analytics in general, you become more educated your money's going to go further every time. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. So the next point that we want to talk about is voice and tone. I love, I'm going to steal from your notes just for a second. You say uh, the foundation of everything that we write, create, and produce is the voice and tone. Talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Voice and tone can be one of those things that businesses just make because they have to. You know, it's like, it's like or they feel like they have to. It's like a business plan. Like, put your business plan together and then you never look at that document again, that is often what businesses will do, or they will think that they know the voice and tone of their business, 
but they don't really have it honed in, which can be dangerous if other people other than the take the owner of the business or whoever started it, if other people are writing, it's going to be really hard to keep the same voice and the same tone through every communication piece if you don't have this narrowed down. So, you know, I said this in a podcast a few weeks ago when we were talking about this podcast, but one of the big differences in voice and tone is this. So think about it like this. You have the same voice all the time. You know, we're talking, my voice sounds the same. It's kind of like just who I am in general. That's your voice. Your tone is going to change depending on your circumstance. And so your circumstances may be you're hanging out in the backyard with some of your closest friends, cutting up, you know, being silly, whatever. That tone is going to be very different than when you're sitting across from that same friend, maybe in a different atmosphere, such as making a podcast like today. Like my tone is different with you right now, just based on the context of where we're at, you know. So your tone also changes depending on your emotional state as well. So depending on who you're addressing. So you, you know, if you're, if you're addressing someone who's upset, for instance, if you have a client and they're upset about something, you're going to address them very differently than if you would address someone who's super happy, you know, with, with your business and, and everything that's going on. And so often when it comes to a brand, there will be different tones, maybe between campaigns and projects. So again, you got your overall brand that is your voice, but the tone may change for different campaigns and projects. So for instance, I'm going to use a current event that's happening right now. So let's take Nike. So at the time of this podcast, you know, it's been a week since George Floyd has lost his life in an awful way. And that's what everyone's talking about right now. It's what's all over the news. And so right now, there are voices that are rightfully trying to be heard. And and there's a lot of brands that are trying to use their voice to join in the cause. And I applaud them for doing that, like in a, in a big, big way. These brands have their voice as their brand, but their tone is changing. So I saw an ad the other day from Nike. Nike's always saying, like, what's their tagline? Nike's tagline. Just do it, you know? Just do it. Yep. That's, you hear it. You've heard it for years, heard it since we were born. You know, like it's just been a thing that they always say. And their goal, their tone is typically motivation. Like it's typically that, like, let's motivate people to do this. And you can see that in all their ads with amazing athletes running and jumping and all, all the things. But for this campaign that I saw, based on everything that's going on, what the opening line said, for once, don't do it. It caught me. I was like, whoa, this is a different tone from Nike. They don't normally do this. And so it's a video. It's, it's just got a black background with white text, and there are no inspiring athletes. They're, they're simply words that are trying to communicate to the world to not just pretend that there's no problem in America, but really move forward and be united. And so as I look at that and I see that, that ad, their tone has changed completely. Their tone for this campaign is very heavy. It's direct. It's painfully truthful instead of their normal, like inspiring, motivational tone. But their voice has always stood for equality. That's what Nike has always, I mean, you go back to the Kaepernick a while back, they did the ad with him kneeling on the football field. Like they've kind of always carried this like equality kind of pursuit. And so their voice is still the same, their tone and just which the way they're communicating that is different for this specific campaign. Goodness, that's really, really good and timely. And I haven't even... Honestly, I didn't see that. I hadn't even noticed it. But even hearing you tell that story right now is is pretty powerful because to so many of these brands, you know, Phil Knight and Nike is such a great example because they've always, everyone knows the check mark, the swoosh. Everyone knows the just do it. And for them to change it up is a big deal. And so that is a great example of a shift in tone. And I want to hear a little bit more about, you know, that 
Golly, such a great example. I can't like you got to go watch it. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, talk about our clients a little bit. Yeah, sure. So let's take a few examples. And I'm actually going to read two of our clients. I'm going to read the voice and tone that we wrote for them. They are a little in depth, so just hang with me. But this is just to get the idea across to our, to these clients. And, and it's really it's for the clients, but it's also you know the clients we work with. They're in marketing. They they understand this. Well, for the most part, they do. But the people that are actually going to be using the voice of these businesses, they don't necessarily always understand. So this is something that you write, you have written for you, that you then pass on to all of your team. Your whole team needs to understand that this is how we speak when we speak to our customers. Yeah, that's really good. If you can, for two seconds before you jump into this, can you give it a little context? So you're going to talk about this company, GeForce, yeah. that we work with. Give us a little context from the from the day that we met with them, where our minds, like things start turning. I mean, mm-hmm. we're creatives, right? So we start thinking about what could be whenever we meet with these clients and we get an idea of who they are. We get an idea. So voice, I like to think of as personality. We get an idea of their voice from the day one. Yeah, kind of know how they operate. Give us a little context about what your thoughts were about GeForce before you jump into this. Right. So one of the things that I knew right off the bat, so GeForce is a company that's been around for a long, long time, and they're very successful at what they do. And when they came to us, they initially just said, hey, we just need a new, lo- we need a new logo. We need, a, we need a new thing going on here for us. And we've never really established a logo. It was kind of started by me and a buddy. You know, the president was talking to us about it, you know, years and years and years ago. And now it's this huge organization, but we never did anything with our logo past what we did, you know, 20 years ago. And so what it is, is as soon as you look at the logo, you see these guys are patriotic. They love America. Like it's in their logo and you know it. And so, so we knew right off the bat, we had to do something with that. Also the industry they're in oil field is kind of edgy in general. Most brands in the oil field are simply edgy. They just, they just are, they have that feel to them. So we knew they needed that. One of the things that they, they talked about a lot is, is just quality, being experienced, all those things. So, so all of those words are kind of things that we latch on to, to say like, okay, well, like we're listening for the voice of this business from the day we meet them. You're exactly right. Like what we hear in that first conversation is what we then are able to take and turn into a lot of this voice and tone. Yeah, that's good. I think for me, when I met with GeForce for the first time, I was like, yeah, I like these boys. And they're about doing what's right. Absolutely. And so that was one of the other things is they were about making things right and doing what they said they were going to do. And so with that being said, we kind of ran with what Eric's going to talk about. Yeah, so here's the voice and tone for GeForce. It's the GeForce voice is as approachable as it is admirable. The intent is to communicate with graphics that grab attention, then position oneself as an expert in the field with branding that is memorable and edgy. I'm going to stop right there for just a second. Oftentimes when these oil field businesses, they'll they'll make their logo, they'll, you know, put it on a hat, but then that's it. They don't, they don't move past that and they don't ever come back to it. They don't ever think about it again. These guys though, like we, we wanted to make their brand so stout that it's like so memorable and edgy that like you can't help but remember those guys. I mean, they already had a pretty strong name in G force. So we wanted to match that with branding. The tone is sharp, experienced and patriotic. So again, those are the words that we heard from them. Bring this idea home by remaining steady in branding and up-to-date channel messaging. Again, what you will often see in oil field is you will see a website that was built 15 years ago, a social media page that has three posts in the past four years, and that's it. They just kind of lob something out there, and then they're like, ah, this didn't work, and then they just don't leave it alone. 
for these guys, because of the quality of everything we were doing with them, we wanted to have their branding be up to date channel messaging. So one of the things is, you know, starting LinkedIn for them and, and making sure that it's updated constantly with current what's going on in their business. Okay, back to it. This is a demographic that is varied and each persona is highly influential to the next. So again, there's a lot of commonalities between businesses in the oil field. Somebody knows somebody who knows somebody and everybody knows everybody. And so at the end of the day, you know, each persona is highly influential to the next. And then the last sentence here, it is imperative that advertising and media is defined and assertive. So just very clear on what we're asking people to do, what this business is, is going to be doing. So that's G-Forces. So the point is we have this document or stuff written down to go, okay, this is what we're putting out and does it match what we said this company is all about. And the company gets, gets a chance to take a look at it and yeah. say, yeah, that's who we are. That's absolutely. exactly who we are. Now run. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And so it makes it to where a guy in the field – can communicate the same way as their IT guy can communicate, which are two very different people, two very different personas. But because this is the voice and tone of the business, everybody can speak the same language. So that's GeForce. Let's go to another one. Let's do Bent Oak. This is a new brand. This is a company that's been around for a while, but they're in the middle of a rebrand and the new name is going to be Bent Oak. So they're in the financial world. And so what we wanted to do with them is in any time you're talking about money, Trust, trust, trust has to be at the forefront. So that was the idea behind this. So I'm going to read this one. It says, The voice of Ben Oak Capital is confident and knowledgeable with an edge of coolness. Bent Oak identifies with its conservative clientele while at the same time remaining innovative as an industry leader. So I'm going to pause there. You know, we added that coolness part because oftentimes the last thing I think of when I think of financial firm is is like this cool edge to it. It's more just like, you know, business guys, business suits, money in, money out, you know, did the thing. But there's not really like an edge of coolness. But these guys, when we met them, we're like, hey, these guys are cool. Like yeah. that needs to come out in their brand. And actually in the future, we're going to get these guys on, on our podcast and interview them. They're going to be. They are a great time. A great time. That's one of the things I love about these guys, though, is they're so, they don't want to be like all the others. Yep. Like they really do want to set themselves apart. And they're like, yes, we've been trusted for years. This dude's dad has been in it yeah. forever. He's one of the top guys literally in the nation mm -hmm. for doing what he does. His son is now in it, and they want to do something completely different while at the same time use that foundation of trust that everybody has has wanted to be a part of for so long. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on, it says, The tone is steady, and there is a feeling of renewal. Like the oak tree, which is where we got the name, like the oak tree that sheds its leaves in spring, there is a sense of rebirth with this brand. Consider the characteristics of an aged oak tree. Bent Oak Capital is independent and strong, as well as efficient and progressive. The brand lends itself well to stand out and remain memorable amongst national competitors. The tree icon, which is in their logo, the tree icon is easily recognizable, allowing for nearly instant trustworthiness in recollection. So the idea behind them at the, at the end of all of this is simply... Trust, strength, coolness, stand out. We needed to make this brand solid enough across the board, not just the logo again, the whole brand as a whole, that they literally can compete with the national brands that you hear all the time sure. when it comes to financial firms. Yeah, that's really good. I love those guys, and I'm excited about having them on sometime to talk about, again, in the middle of a rebrand right yep. now with those couple of guys. And 
it's different right now because we're in the middle of coronavirus. Yeah. And yeah. so we've actually delayed it just a little bit, but it's coming. It it's is. going to be really cool. And the process has been an honor to be a part of. And so I'm excited to see what's to come. I want to talk about just briefly for a second, because we're going to hear it referenced a little bit later. You're going to talk to Mackenzie, our graphic designer, and she's done a really cool campaign. She's done campaigns for this client we call Barefoot. Yep. We call them Barefoot because that's the name of their company. That's why we called them that. Yeah. I was trying to be professional. You nailed it, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Barefoot is one of the funnest companies that we work with just simply because of what they do. Yep. And they're also one of our biggest clients as well. They are go-getters. And talk about Barefoot and kind of how their company thinks a little bit and then the voice and tone behind guys. Yeah. So barefoot is honestly, it feels like it should be easy to nail their voice and tone, but it's a little hard because of how broad their brand is. At the end of it all, barefoot is a apparel company that is mainly in college campus towns near the college, like right beside, if you go to Baylor, for instance, we're in Texas. And so if you go to Baylor down in Waco, it is right near the college and it's this incredible store. You and I went there and took a picture with the bears. Great. But Tarleton state university, there's one, but that's just Texas. But then they've got a few stores in other States and, and they're, they're right next to the university. So they kind of are the go-to campus apparel for those college towns. So that part of their brand is pretty simple. I mean, it's, it's at the end of it all. I'm not gonna read their whole thing, but at the end of it all, it's, their voice needs to be cool. It needs to be young. It needs to be relevant. Like those are the at the core of it all because their target audience is always an 18 to 22-year-old female. Sure. Um, that's their persona. You know, it's very easy. Now, they do have some sub-personas of other other people they're trying to reach now and do, do a little different things. And, and honestly, COVID-19 has caused them to think outside the box, which is awesome. And, and they're, they're so great. What makes them so great is they are not scared to make a move in a heartbeat. I mean, there's been times where they've opened stores. I mean, just because there was a vacancy to do so. And they're like, yep, we're going to open a store in that town and they do it. And before we don't even know about it and they already opened it. And we're like, we're the mar- how do we not know about this? We're the marketing company. <laughs> and so, but those may not be college stores. They may be something different because they're just able to do that. So they're really, easy to work with. And when it comes to like knowing who we're talking to on these campaigns, especially the ones that have to do with the college, because it's that, but here's the thing. What could be the tendency is we need to reach all college students. So then you would talk to all college students. The problem is not necessarily a lot of guys are going to be buying their, their things just because of how guys roll. They will, but they're not like females are. Females will typically look at that and go, 18 to 22 year old female, like we're going to, we're going to target our branding and our design to that. And actually what's, what's unique about, you know, Mackenzie, who we'll talk to here in a little bit is that she, she came from one of those schools and she bought clothes from them for four years. And she knows exactly who this brand is before she started working here. She's the persona. She is the persona. So she can nail that brand every time because she is the persona. And so it makes it really easy to understand who they are. Yeah, that's awesome. So we have personas that we've talked about, and we've got voice and tone that we've talked about. We've laid the foundation for the house. Now it's time to start putting it together. Next up, we're going to have Eric. He's going to talk to Brittany, who writes content for our company, and also talk to Mackenzie. And they're going to talk a few details about what it looks like when you're writing content once you've identified the personas, once you've identified the voice and tone, and how to run with those things. And so you guys stick around and listen to Eric, talk to Brittany, and Mackenzie. All right, we're here with Brittany, also known as Below around here. Yes, hi. 
Hi. So Bilo is our content director here at Green Fox, and you're actually pretty new to this role. I so, am. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your role and really what excites you about content development process. So like you said, I'm new to this role. I was previously a social media director here at Green Fox. Through that, I was able to discover how much of an advocate we really are for our clients. So with that, with content, I really get excited about digging deep into knowing the voice of a company and its products and services. So I really work closely with account directors to make sure that the strategy I create is true to who they are, crafted for their target audience and directing towards their goal. So that, that's really like the main part that I, I really, really enjoy. That's great. And content is often so overlooked when it comes to organizations. I know even within Green Fox, we have overlooked our own content for so long, mm-hmm. which is actually why we're doing this podcast. I mean, it's the whole the whole point is to be able to put out good content based on what we do. And the idea is that we, we want to be able to get in the, to the minds of, of our clients, the people that we work with. We want to be able to get into their minds and be able to understand what they're struggling with, how they make purchase decisions, all that kind of stuff. So for you, how do you get into the mind of our clients' prospects? So really, we just need to figure out what they really want. It's rarely the thing that you're selling. It's usually really the result of what you're selling. So the difference is kind of subtle, but it's a huge, huge difference. So for, for example, I know we've talked about it before, but someone buying a $50 watch is buying something different than someone buying a $50,000 watch. So true. Do you know anyone who's bought a $50,000 watch? I do not. Okay, I don't either. I can't say I I know someone has, but... Yeah, that would be very impressive. (laughs) So the person buying that expensive watch is likely buying like status, luxury, versus like the person that's buying the $50 watch. So we have to get in the mind of the audience. That's really what the key in the content is. We need to discover what results they are actually buying. So once you understand this, you need to craft your unique selling content based on the result of your audience and what they want to achieve. So you wanna go from being viewed as a business to a trusted advisor serving their needs. Yeah, that's really good. So going back to your watch example, it's very different when you're trying to sell a watch, say at Walmart, you know, there's yeah. tons of watches to choose from, you got your Casios and whatnot. And so you're, you're really just trying to take a watch like that and just sell to anybody who's going to buy it. Like, Hey, somebody can buy, buy this watch. And it's really for people who probably literally just need a thing to keep time on their wrist. Yeah. Whereas the luxury thing that you're talking about, like you said, they're not just buying the thing that keeps time. That's actually probably the last Mm -hmm. thing they're buying. They're buying the luxury piece of it. So to get in their minds, you have to speak to them completely different and write content based on that. And so that's really good. What is the key detail you apply when creating content? So I always filter anything that I'm working on. I always filter it through the saying, if you confuse them, you lose them. So it's all about clarity. I cannot stress that enough. We've touched on this before, but anytime I create content for any project, whether it's a rack card or campaign or voice and tone or anything like that. I always filter it through and examine and make sure that someone will walk away with that information, not confused. So pretty much like people have too much, too many options and too much information coming at them constantly on social media, on anything really, websites. So it's they're rarely motivated enough to wade through all that confusing message. Where people go wrong or where companies go wrong is they think, well, if they're confused, they're going to come to us or they're going to call us. But in reality, people are not going to. They're just going to walk away and be like, who's next? And go to gravitate towards the people that 
actually have the simple, clear message. That is so good. And, and, and if there's anything you take from this entire podcast you're listening to, if you confuse, you lose. Yes. People do not make purchasing decisions when they're confused. And one big way, especially now with everything going in the world where the world is moving more and more and more online, the ability to be confused through an online purchase is so big. The opportunity is so big to be confused. And so being able to write content and be clear, even down to when we say content, we don't just mean like writing a blog. That's also often, you know, what people think when it's like write content. Okay, I need a blog. Yep. That's not it. I mean, that is part of it. But content could also be literally like how you your description of the item that you're selling online you sell t-shirts mm -hmm. we talked about barefoot a little bit earlier you sell t-shirts online well what is the name of that t-shirt is it just college t-shirt or is it the specific college t-shirt like there's a difference in the two pieces of content and every single piece of that matters what your checkout says what your mm -hmm. cart says all of those things are content that matters based on the brand and based on not confusing people so it's all in the details even the minor ones Brittany thanks for being here today below and <laughs> uh, for having me. absolutely so next up we're going to be interviewing Mackenzie who's one of our graphic designers here All right, so we are here with Mackenzie, who is one of our super talented graphic designers at Green Fox. How are you, Mackenzie? I'm doing well. Happy to be here. Awesome. So Mackenzie and I actually went to college together just 11 years apart. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's a little bit younger than me. Fine. We talked about my gray hair earlier. But anyway, so Mackenzie is, is super talented at what she does. And so I'm gonna get, Mackenzie, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about who you are? Yeah, so my name is Mackenzie Tucker. I am a relatively recent Tarleton State University grad. I went to school for studio arts and got a minor in communication. And the combination of those things kind of led me to Green Fox. And I'm happy to talk about some graphic design today. Yeah, absolutely. So we're actually, we've talked about the voice and tone and content and all the things that we would hopefully do a good job at handing over to you and saying, okay, Mackenzie, now that you have all these things, we need the art process to begin, like the, the graphic design process of all of this to begin. So with that, you know, I would love to know, like, what is your process or your research routine that goes into, you know, once you have all the things you need, what goes into that after you have everything? Yeah, so typically I am at least some portion a part of the initial information gathering section before we even open a design program. We take what it is that our client is looking for and we turn it into branding. Part of my job is to realize the vision of the client and help bring their dream to life, no matter what the project is, whether it be branding, print design, all of the things. So my process, typically I start out, I take what the client has given us, you know, I do some preliminary sketches, you know, I do a lot of research. My main source of inspiration is social media. I think the media is so heavily saturated with so many ideas when it comes to colors, typography, the look and feel. And so I do a lot of research into you know, Pinterest, Twitter, Instagram, you know, current brands that are thriving right now to, you know, pull inspiration and yeah, kind of take our art where the client wants it to go. Yeah, that's awesome. And so one of the, one of my favorite things actually about 
your process specifically, not all designers do this, but you do, and I love it, is when you start sketching things out by hand. So not not all graphic designers are great at actually like drawing with their hand, but you are. And so I love when you start doing that. And so, you know, we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. I want to hear about one of the campaigns we've done and kind of how we got there. But let me ask this question. What details would you say are typically overlooked when creating a brand? It kind of varies project to project. We have some clients come to us and they know exactly what it is that they want, exactly they know who they're trying to reach in their audience. They know what they want their branding to feel like, to look like, to inspire in their audience. And so it's a lot easier to take something like that and, you know, create something beautiful. You know, some people come to us and they have, they have no idea. They say, I want a brand. This is what we're called. And so I think that sometimes it can get over overlooked the voice and tone. So, you know, I think it can be important for clients looking for branding to come to us and say, you know, this is what I want to kind of do some research into what it is that they're looking for, who their audience is, and what they want their branding to say, what they want their company to communicate. Yeah, that's good. And that's, that's one of the reasons why, you know, we used to, when we first started, we just kind of made logos. That's what we did. That's, that's what people would ask for. And so we would just give people what they asked for. But now it's really a big part of our branding process is that we don't just create logos. We truly create brands. And so mm-hmm. starting with that voice and tone so that you have exactly what you need to be able to create the thing, you know, that, that is so helpful. And, you know, I see that in your work with brands that are more established. So, you know, we talk about Barefoot and let's, let's talk about this Barefoot Christmas campaign, which is one of the, my favorite campaigns that I've ever seen from our crew here. And so talk a little bit about the process you went through with that campaign from start to finish, from the hand drawing, you know, the meeting before all of that on. Let's dive into that a little bit. Yeah. So Barefoot is a client that it's super easy to get inspired by. It's one that I have a little bit more free range and can, you know, really push it to the limit. And so I actually remember sitting in the meeting where we were kind of doing an information gathering session. And, you know, I was was sitting there. I always have my sketchbook in front of me. First and foremost, I am an artist. So I was just kind of sketching out some ideas. I had my markers and my pens, and they actually ended up using some of my sketches in their branding and their posting for the campaign. So for me, I, I do this. Yeah, it was really fun. It was special to me because it's not just, you know, I'm a graphic designer, but to have, you know, even, you know, my sketches valued was really, really cool. Right. So yeah, I did the sketches and then I started making assets in our design programs and then isolate those out. And then from there we build the actual graphics and then they get turned over to the client for posting. Yeah. Awesome. And so with that, you know, what advice would you give for a client requesting a brand or rebrand from a graphic design standpoint? It's like, what does the client need to know about themselves or what did Barefoot need to know about themselves that got you to the point of being able to create for that campaign? Yeah, so I would challenge the people of the world to do some research. You know, look into what it is that you're you know, the other people in your field are doing, whether it's good or bad, it gives you the opportunity to say, I really like this, or I really don't like this, or even turn around and say, everybody's doing X, let's do Y. So do a little bit of research, you know, come to us and and let us help you really decide where it is that your brand needs to go. If you come to us with the idea, we can help you refine it. 
Look at that. The graphic designer selling our business. That's awesome. Good work. Good work, Mackenzie. But no, seriously, oftentimes people ask, hey, what does a marketing company do as a whole? And and you kind of just nailed it. You know, there are some businesses that they enjoy that kind of side of thing, the researching and all the thing behind the brand. But most businesses don't. They enjoy selling the product that they that they have to sell. And so that really is what our crew does and kind of comes together as a team to make make that happen for someone. So, Mackenzie, that was awesome. Do you have anything, any, any last words you want to share on branding or anything that is like that makes branding special for you? I mean, like I said earlier, a big part of my job is helping to realize the vision of the client. And so being able to work on a project from start to finish, sketch to it's posted on Instagram, it's really special to be able to see these projects and dreams to fruition. And so I think that's probably what's most exciting to me about branding. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mackenzie, and look forward to seeing some more work soon. All right. Thanks. Bye, guys. Bye. Well, that was a really cool podcast. If you're like me, then you like to get practical. And that was a great podcast to kind of see the inside of what we do and when we meet with clients and dream with clients and how we produce and create their vision for their company and getting to do that is really an honor because you can't take it for granted, I guess, really to get to jump in with somebody. This is their livelihood. This is what they've been dreaming about. If they're entrepreneurs, they think about it all the time and to get to partner with them is a really big deal. Hey, we want to mention one more time about our brand giveaway that we're doing. We want to hear your story about why you should get a new brand or a rebrand. So email us at brand at greenfox.io and also check out our website. You can see our blogs that are paired with our podcast to get more details about what we're talking about. We've got one more week of the brand podcast theme, and then we're moving on to something else. And we want to hear your other ideas. We've got a lot of cool thoughts on what we can do with this podcast. So Thanks again for listening. We hope you guys have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.